previously. In my time, I've met my fair share of the hoarding types, but that boy on a whole nother level. Do you have a rough estimate about how many elephants there are in here? 3,454,613. So we would love for you to share what happened from your perspective. I had just gotten home from work. There was one pile of broken pieces that was abnormally lumped. I thought, oh no. No, the elephants have finally overtaken him. There he found the body of his now deceased roommate. Asaph was dead. From Nasally Podcast Researchers, I'm Jonathan Whitmail, and this is Elephant in the Room. The next morning after Asafa Ruby was discovered dead by his roommate, Robert Willis, investigations started in search for answers. Though, things were not as simple as sending the body to the forensic pathologist and searching the apartment for clues. Well, uh, the first thing we noticed when we got in there was, of course, the elephants, which wasn't great for me. That's Herbert Hitzfiggins, the chief of police. You know, we all went in there expecting the hard part would be finding the clues. though. I guess that proved to be difficult, too. The real trouble was actually finding the crime scene itself. You see, in between finding the body and the start of the investigation, the elephants in the apartment had shifted, fallen over, and had covered up Asaph's body once again. We couldn't tell his roommate that we'd lost the body. Really, that, that wouldn't be a good look. So we just had to keep searching for him ourselves. The police spent most of their time in the investigation simply searching for his body. I think we would have found him a day or two sooner, but having to wear these platform heels made maneuvering around a whole lot harder. So we mainly just had to trudge around the apartment, kicking our feet as we went, until we found something meaty. Eventually, though, after the better half of two weeks of searching and shuffling, the team heard a promising thud from one of their boots and started digging through the broken elephant shards to uncover the murder victim. They lifted him out of the sea of porcelain and into a body bag that was, at this point, covered in a thin layer of dust. Listen, we'd done all we could, so we just, well, we had to wait and see if the boys over in the freezer find anything of interest. After that, the police packed up their own investigation, hoping that the lab would be able to give them any indication for hope. So there's no hope for finding any more evidence here then? No, no, that, that ship has definitely sailed. I'd say it's a hopeless cause. So, on a technical standpoint, this was a near-perfect crime, not leaving any kind of evidence or breaking or entering, not leaving any kind of mark or DNA. Well, we don't know that. What, what do you mean? If you've exhausted all your options investigating... Oh, we didn't. We're tired, man. Well, we already did a lot of work. Look, we looked through everything, and it sucks. It's boring, and we're tired of elephants, and ain't nobody going to want to put each and every one of these elephants into their own little evidence baggies. I've hated elephants for a long time, so this was enough to deal with just like it was. So now, it was all up to the pathologists back at the lab. Unfortunately, though, things weren't looking promising for them either. When the lead pathologist first examined Asaph, the only things he had to note were the smaller surface cuts on his face and arms. 
However, these were simply the result of being totally submerged in the constantly shifting shattered glass. The team also found several bruises along Asaph's shoulders and back, but again, after examining them further, they realized that that was where the police had accidentally kicked him with their platform heels without noticing. They even looked into the possibility of a natural cause of death as well, such as undiagnosed cancer. In order to check, they carefully took Asaph's hand and placed it on his face to see if the hand was bigger. Immediately after, they smacked it and laughed about how he was so gullible for falling for that. Then they went back to work. But try as they may, they just couldn't find any leads. Hey guys, does, does this look right to you? That is, until Julia Freudenberg got to the scene. Hello. Julia is the youngest pathologist in the department and just started less than five months ago. <laughs> it has been a dream come true. You know, like just to be able to work with such an amazing team, be working with such great cadavars, cadavers, cadavers. Yeah, that's the one. To be working with such great cadavers. You know, there's really nothing that makes you feel more alive in the morning than spending it figuring out all the ways a person could have died. These types of fresh eyes was apparently what it took to notice the one detail that everyone else had just simply seemed to have overlooked. Well, I first thought about looking into it when he first came in, you know. But the other guys, they wanted to check out some other things first. Uh, you, you know, like the cuts and the bruises and, and the old hand cancer prank, which was very funny um, and totally fair. But I just kept having this nagging feeling of, I should just check. I mean, I should just check. And that's when I said something about his stomach, which was completely flattened like it was as thin as paper and so i felt as though that would be kind of important to look into the rest of the team hadn't simply overlooked asaph's now widely disproportionate waistline but instead had had a different explanation for it entirely well of course we didn't just miss his two-dimensional stomach we noticed it easily within the first five minutes of examination it would be ridiculous not to have seen it this is donald warsh the head pathologist at the lab no, the main reason that we did not investigate further into it at first was because we originally mistook it as a trendy new type of uh, one of those body modifications. I kept looking back at his stomach and thinking aloud, something is not right here. But they all just kept saying, it's fine, don't worry about it. You know how youth are these days. Piercings and tattoos have become so commonplace that there's all kinds of body modifications getting popular amongst the more rebellious. Well, I just couldn't get it out of my head. I would look and I would think that would be at the very least uncomfortable, you know? He literally had no back support. He'd just be walking along, dragging his chest all behind him everywhere he went. I mean, I've seen plenty of unique body mods over the past few years. I've seen a tiny gauge below the lip so that you can fit a straw in there, sip on your soda without opening your mouth. That's pretty practical. Uh, I've seen a guy get his ears pointed like Spock just to make sure that people knew that he was... Not interested in a girlfriend. Well, he no longer had any kind of lower spine. Like, his organs were more like decorative pressed leaves than anything that could serve any purpose. Oftentimes, these types of body modifications have some kind of socio-political meaning behind them. They're taking some kind of stance. Uh, for instance, with other examples of people making themselves look as though they have been crushed, it can symbolize their hopes as artists being crushed and their crippling student debts. We literally could have folded this man, like, completely in half. We could have made him into origami. Well, no, no, wait. 
No, he actually did. Robbie made this cute little crane, and it was simply delightful. Well, but then we had to unfold him back so we could continue the autopsy. Eventually, after the extensive examinations and the back and forth, the team concluded that Asaph had been squished to death. But that was only one piece of the puzzle. Now that they knew how he had died, the investigation focused in on the question of who had killed him. Knowing that Asaph's life had literally been stomped out gave investigators several ideas of possible suspects to look into. Suspects who are famous for their large, powerful, or even unusual feet. The first on the list to look into was Four-Footed Fred, a notoriously odd-looking and dangerous criminal. He is the only person on criminal record who has ever been four feet tall. Despite his stature, his feet themselves are above average for adult males, as he wears a size 12 and a half. Fred has been arrested before for multiple foot-related murders, which made him a prime suspect for this case. But I said no. What if I step on you? What do you think about that? Huh? Oh, I'm gonna get you. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get you. However, though he got his start stomping victims, he was not usually heavy enough to do any kind of damage. Instead, he would just kind of step on people's toes until they left the tree that he lived in beside the local park. Since then, the investigators discovered he has adopted a unique fighting style of unknown origin, where he tapes a shank onto the end of his foot. This fighting style has made Fred infamous on the streets. However, as intimidating as this style may be, it was becoming more and more clear that the murder at hand did not seem to match with this suspect. So, the investigators decided to look next towards someone who they knew would have the power and the stature to do the job. Buzzbo the Clown. At first, it sounds like an unassuming name, and to the untrained eye, he would seem unassuming as well. Many know him for the circus right outside of the city, known as Buzzbo's Bonanza, Chili Den, and Circus. As you know, the place almost shut down in the late 80s after people started to realize that circuses were kind of just the pits. That's Herbert Hitzfiggins again, the chief of police. So they adapted. Medieval times had just started the concept of dinner theater, so they ran with it. They made a circus-themed dinner theater. Sales didn't really change much. It was, it was just as empty as before for the most part. I don't know how they kept it afloat. It just never shut down. They didn't really change anything about how the show went either. They kept the circus the exact same. The only difference now is that at the start of each performance, they'd bring you a bowl of chili that you can consider warm, but they just bring out the bowl, bowl after bowl, chilling. By the end of the night, you'd, you'd have 17 bowls just strewn about you. Now, each bowl was named after the act it would be brought out for. You, you had the heavyweight championship chili, the trapeze chili, the lion tamer chili. I remember them having more creative names when I was younger, but they, they all tasted fine. Whether they were different types of chili, I, I don't know. Usually after the fourth or fifth bowl, you just kind of go into a haze. So I just kept eating them. My eyes glazed over. 
But then they brought out that last bowl. I could hear the elephants coming into the circus ring. I used to love them so much. I was so excited that it, it snapped me out of my chili trance. I wasn't even thinking about what was next until the server lady put the bowl right in front of me and said in a slow, hushed voice, Enjoy your elephant chili. But something didn't sit well with me when she said that. I didn't count how many elephants had been outside when we came in, so I, I couldn't check to see if there were any actually missing now. It was named like all the other chilies, but there was a chance this was actually what it was all along. I couldn't even bring myself to eat it, so I just I slid it under my seat. We finished the show, and we got up to leave. But that's when Buzzbo himself came by. My parents were honored and pleasantly surprised, but I got a little antsy. He asked me what I thought of the show and how I liked the chilies. I tried to put on a face, you know, be polite. I told him I enjoyed every one. <sighs> then he looked at and he said, Not so fast, kiddo. I know what you did. He said, There's only 16 empty bowls over here. Where's the elephant chili? I... I didn't know what to do. I just stood there, just frozen. He just kept staring at me with these dark, sunken clown eyes. And he leaned down closer, real slowly. It's on the ground under the seat, isn't it? I couldn't look at his painted face anymore. All I could do was just nod, yes. What are you waiting for? Go on, go on. Finish your dirty ground chili. I looked at him. I was in shock. He just looked back at me, wide-eyed, no emotion on his face. And I looked up towards my parents for comfort, for safety. But they just had these grins on their faces. If this was something cute, like nothing was wrong, all I could do was go back and spoonful by spoonful finish the chili so that my family and I could leave. Hitz Figgins was one of the first to see the darker side to Buzzbo but not the last. Over the next few years after the circus's renovations, Buzzbo was arrested on nine separate occasions, three times for assault with a water spraying flower, twice for clowning around and disturbing the peace, and four times for suspected arson. In all nine reports, in one way or another, his elephants were specifically mentioned. In the reports, he's, he's noted being very hostile towards anyone who approaches questions or, or really acknowledges his elephants in any way. He could have very easily snapped and targeted ASAF seeing his elephants as he carried them home, but his business is right nearby. He's got motivation. And with those floppy clown shoes, he's got the ability to crush any man who opposes him. So now that you've started to look into the possibility, are you thinking that he was the one who did it? Nah. Why not? Well, we went to his home address and found out that he's been missing and assumed dead for 20 years. Oh, okay then. So, what do you do now? Um, well, after we crossed off Four-Footed Freddy and Buzzbo, the next suspect on our list of usual suspects was Bill Cosby. But then the boys back in the freezer found something that changed everything. 
You see, while investigations went underway to find possible suspects, the autopsy team ran some measurements of the stomp marks on Asaph's stomach and found that the shoe size of the person who had killed him wore a men's 78. This was a huge discovery, literally. Because of that one detail, the possible suspect list was narrowed down to one. A key, the Asian elephant.